everyone, and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat, the podcast that is dedicated to educating around fitness, nutrition, wellness, and of course, mindset. Now, if you are someone who has been listening for a while or just getting started and you love health and fitness, you love to learn about it and want to grow and learn even more, please make sure you check out our upcoming certifications, our fitness and nutrition expert certification, as well as our holistic nutrition weight loss coaching certification, which you can learn more about at fitchicksacademy.com. So again, we have both of our certifications up and coming. You can check them out at fitchicksacademy.com where you can learn more, get certified and help others fall in love with their health. All right. Thank you so much for listening today and on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn, and on today's podcast, we have the amazing Ashley Vargas joining us. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing well, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are so excited to have you on this podcast um, because we are going to be talking about one of our favorite things to talk about at Fit Chicks Chat, which is about strength training. But there's going to be a little bit of a twist to this because we're also going to be talking specifically about powerlifting, which is something that on our podcast, we've never actually spoke about and we've never really shared about. So I'm really excited to have you on. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to share. Now, um, why don't you tell our listeners, like, let's just dive right in. I really want to know a little bit more before we get into like the strength training side and how people can get started strength training. I really want to know a bit more about your story, Ashley. And when it comes to powerlifting, first of all, can you explain the difference to our listeners of between just general strength training versus powerlifting um, and how you even got started as a powerlifter? Because I think that's cool. Absolutely. So powerlifting, the goal of powerlifting is to achieve one rep max as efficiently as possible. So you were literally pushing yourself to your absolute max. If you were to attempt another rep, you were going to fail versus strength training, which I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can take with strength training, right? That's a really broad topic, but it really is pushing your body to the absolute max. Um, I, my, my story is actually kind of interesting because I'm one of the unique coaches that actually did not start out as like a lifelong athlete. I was not an athlete in high school. I was not an athlete in college. I actually didn't start um, going into the weight room until I was in my mid twenties. And I just wanted to get fit. Like I said, I didn't come from an athletic background, but I was, I was very uncomfortable in my own body as unfortunately a lot of women are. Um, And a lot of that comes from like societal pressures. So when I stepped into the weight room for the first time, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I was one of those people that was looking around and watching everybody else. I'm like, okay, I think I can replicate that. I didn't, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. Um, And then when I hired a coach, um, I originally wanted to go the bodybuilding route because I wanted to improve aesthetically. Right. And I thought that that was going to fix a lot of the issues that I had both, you know, with self-esteem and confidence and all of those things. The emotional side. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the bandaid, right? Because if you look at it, you're going to feel good. Everyone well, thinks that. <laughs> and, and that's not the case, right? So sure. not always the case. And so with the sport of bodybuilding, as I dove into it, um, I did four competitions total um, and I did fairly well with it, but that emotional side was not being fulfilled. Um, and you know, like I said before, you think that if you look good, you feel good with bodybuilding, you look good, you feel terrible. <laughs> it is not a healthy sport at all. Um, and I, I appreciate the amount of work that goes into it. And I, I 
think that it, it takes so much in order to you know accomplish those types of goals. But really, for me, it created more of the you know emotional issues where you know I developed body dysmorphia. I was the leanest and fittest I've ever been in my life, and. I still didn't think that I looked good, developed a very poor relationship with food. And so after I let the bodybuilding piece of it go and I got back in the gym and started working with a different coach, he was like, you know what? You are really freaking strong. And I was like, am I really? I didn't think I was. And so we kind of transitioned the training into more of a power building style of training, which is focusing more on the um, like strength progressions for the barbell lifts, but doing more high volume accessories for the aesthetics on the back end. Um, and so long, kind of making this long story a little bit shorter, I ended up doing my first powerlifting competition and absolutely fell in love with it. And from the emotional side, it really gave me what I was looking for. Um, it gave me so much confidence um, in myself. It gave me confidence in other areas of life and all of those skills that I learned underneath the barbell transferred into every aspect of my life. And I excelled in my career. I felt more confident speaking up at work. I felt more confident, you know, just talking in front of groups and things like that. And it it really became a passion of mine. And I was like, I want to be able to do that for other people. And so then I went down the road of getting my certification and I started um, training part-time. And then about six, seven years ago, I transitioned into doing it full-time. And so here I am now as a full-time powerlifting coach. That's amazing. I love that. I love that story. And I love that you shared all of the journey because I think knowing and understanding all of the different aspects is so important because a lot of times people do believe they have that false belief that, well, if I just lose that last 10 pounds, or if I just had a six pack, I would feel differently. I would be happy. And it's really, you know, it has to be, you have to do the internal look. And we talk about that all the time on Fitchix chat, where it is, it, if the internal is not happy external, whether it's things you're buying or things you're doing or the way that you look or anything, and nothing is really going to satisfy that need. So it, it's, it has to be all of it. Now I do have one question and Again, forgive me if this seems like an ignorant question. Again, yeah. that powerlifting is brand new to me in terms of like the concept behind it. But, you know, I guess in terms of like a training day, so when you're doing like one like rep max effort, how does that equate to, or it not necessarily equate, that's not maybe the right word, but how do you make it so that, you know, you become so much stronger, you become so much more powerful, you become like, you know, from a definition standpoint, like you see like so many um, powerlifters are just so like strong and defined. And how does that work physiologically, I guess, because you would think that you need to have more repetitions or things like that. Like that's sort of what we're taught. So I guess I'm just trying to understand physiologically how that even equates to to the results that you receive. Does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah? So there, okay. is a, there is a common misconception out there that power lifters train at their max or close to their max every single training session. And that that's not the case. There's, okay, yeah. there's no way that that can be sustainable. Right. right. So really where power lifters get their strength from is really diving into the lift specifically, like we'll take a squat, for example. So not just focusing on squatting more, squatting heavier, squatting more frequently, but really analyzing the squat and figuring out where is your weak point in the squat, right? Because we're only going to be as strong as our greatest weakness. So it's really targeting what that greatest weakness is in that particular lift and then training to make that be in line with every other aspect of your lift. So 
for my coaching program, I'm about 80-20. So it's about 20% of the actual movement. So squat, bench, or deadlift, which are your three power lifts. And then it's 80% everything else. So 80% squat variations, like a box squat, banded squats, things like that. Um, And really targeting on either those mobility limitations that are holding you back from achieving, you know, your best squat, Um, whether it's, you know, not being able to engage the hamstrings, whatever that is for that particular lifter, of course, it's going to vary from person to person, but really training that particular weak point in order to make the overall lift stronger. Makes sense. That completely makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. And I'm sorry if it seemed like I I just wanted to make sure that I understood it. And then I'm sure if I was confused by it, then some other people listening might be confused too. So I really wanted to get clear on how it just all works. Now, in terms of being a coach and like stepping into that realm of like full-time, I'm a coach, I'm a powerlifting coach. How does that feel? Because um, you know, and I know that you were saying in your message, like that's, it's a predominantly a male dominated sort of market when it comes to powerlifting. So how does that feel, um, coming from a woman's perspective, how does that feel for you to step into that role? And does that feel intimidating? Does it feel exciting? Um, I'm sure it's very exciting, but you know, I guess just how, how does that sort of fit into your world? Yeah, it's definitely not intimidating for me whatsoever. Um, And there are a few more barriers that you have to break through being a female coach in a male dominated sport. Now, I will say that females in the powerlifting world are definitely on the rise. Um, There are so many movements around women in powerlifting. Um, So it is becoming more of an equal sport from men to women. Um, But predominantly, most of my clients are men. Um, There's very few competitive women that I actually work with. And you know, originally you, I had to really establish myself. Like I do know what I'm talking about. And it's funny because a lot of my male clients, when they, you know, talk to the guys that they live with or people at work or whatever, it's like, your coach is a female. Really? Right. Like, yes. I don't know. I, and I just don't understand why that's so weird. Right. Because getting stronger, the principles and the way that you get from, you know, 200 pounds to 400 pounds or whatever the case may be, it's exactly the same. Like it doesn't matter what the weight is, the method and the principles are exactly the same. So do I have trained males that can lift more than me? Yes, absolutely. But what they need the coaching with is how to get from 500 pounds to 520. And that's where they need my help. Right. So am am I stronger than some of my non-trained males? Absolutely. Like I I can out squat a lot of guys in the gym. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, they're kind of like always looking over like, what is she putting on? I'm following. But it's it's not intimidating at all. And, you know, when I go to powerlifting meets with my clients and, you know, my male clients take first place and I start, you know, getting asked a lot of questions and my clients get asked a lot of questions from, you know, other guys in their weight class or other guys that they're competing with. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, I'm I'm hoping to eventually completely break down that barrier and make it okay for women to coach men. It doesn't always have to be female coaches coaching females. I love that. And it's interesting, you know, even at Fitrix Academy where we run our fitness and nutrition certification, we actually one of the things I teach a lot of our coaches or up and coming coaches is that, you know, because the question always comes into play of like, what if I can't do the thing? I'm trying to train my client on. And I said, you know, it doesn't, it's not about your abilities. It's about your abilities as a coach, right? So it's, it's, it's about your knowledge, your expertise and your skill set to be able to get someone else to their goal. It's Mm -hmm. not about what you can do. It's about how you can help them achieve what they're trying to achieve. Right. So that's exactly what you're saying. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And on the flip side, you know, you can take the best athlete out there and they might not be the best coach, right? It's a completely different skill set. 
Totally. Now, um, for someone sort of who's listening right now and they might be thinking, okay, like I am a coach or I want to become a coach, um, maybe not necessarily in powerlifting, but even in strength training, what are some areas of improvement that you've seen over the years from a coaching standpoint that you feel could be improved upon when working with clients? I think that coaches need to fully understand that just because you have one area of specialty doesn't mean that every single client that you work with is going to have that same goal. Does that make sense? So I do predominantly with powerlifters and just over time, that's become my niche. Um, But even before I became so specialized, yes, I was a powerlifting coach, but I was also working with women who wanted to lose weight. Um, And their goal is completely different than what my personal passion is, but it's really important to recognize that and still be able to provide the result for, um, you know, whatever the client's goal is and help them feel confident in their ability to achieve that goal. And, you know, it's funny when I was working more with general population, when I first started and doing consultations, like I'm, I'm a little bit larger, like I'm not a petite female whatsoever, like got a lot of size on me. And so when, when our, my potential clients would see me, they're like, no offense, but like, I, I don't want to be as big as you. And like, they I, just make, make the assumption, that, make that, the assumption that that's what you're going to train them to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and that's not the case. Right. And there's so much work that goes into putting on that much size, quite frankly, but it's like, it's a, a huge, mis- it's right in interview, but it's a huge misconception that as soon as you pick up a dumbbell that you're going to get bulky. It's like, it takes so much effort and so much like scientific strategy behind it for you to be able to get to where you're at. Right. And I know that, but a lot of people don't understand that. So I'm glad that you made that statement. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like it it takes, (laughs) yes, (laughs) Um, but you know, just acknowledging that, you know, everyone's goal is going to be different. And I, over time, I've seen coaches try to navigate their clients into the the niche that they have, and that's not going to get them the result that the client wants. Um, And so I think it's just really important to, even though if you have a niche to be well-rounded and still be able to help multiple people. Yeah, no, for sure. Or stay in your lane and have recommendations for other coaches. If it's not your coach, if it's not your approach or what you want to be coaching on. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what would you say to someone who's listening right now? Because we do have a lot of coaches that listen to our um, Fitchix Chat podcast, but we also have people that listen that are just starting out even on their health journey. So what would you say to someone who maybe is at that place the very first time, like when you stepped into the weight room and you were like, I'm just going to try to replicate what other people are doing. I don't know what I'm doing. What would you say like would be maybe your top three tips for someone who just wants to get started with strength training as their beginning point right now? Yeah. Um, The first one would be, do not compare yourself to other people. Amen to that. (laughs) I mean, you, you go on Instagram and you see all of these success stories and you think that, you know, let's take bodybuilding, for example, right? Because that is like the epitome of the aesthetic goal for a lot of people. And what a lot of people who are new to their fitness journey don't understand is one bodybuilders do not look like that all the time. (laughs) They look like that for a very, very short amount of time. Um, But that, that type of look is not sustainable. And so I think it's really important to understand that, you know, if you're looking at these top athletes or these peak athletes in their, the prime, right, right, right. When they're about to compete, that's not that athlete's reality 24 seven. That's their reality for a very short amount of time. Now it takes a lot of work and effort to get there, of course, but that's not how they look all the time. 
So I think taking the comparison out is going to be huge and just focusing on what your specific goal is and taking it small chunks. Right. Um, my second piece of advice would be to get a coach. Um, you know, there's so many different options out there. You know, you can do online programming, you can download an app for just about anything, right? And it's going to give you programming and it's going to give you guides and tools. I think that the the aspect of hiring a coach and have someone that is not just going to be there to program for you, but also be there to support you throughout your journey, guide you, um, you know, make adjustments because, you know, the progress is not going to be linear, right? If you like, if your goal is weight loss, for example, you're not going to always be losing weight every single day or every single week. Like there's going to be times where the weight's going to go up. There's going to be times where it's going to go down and the adjustments that a coach can make on the fly is invaluable, honestly, mm-hmm. and having that support system and having the, that educational resource in order to guide you towards your goal. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now on the flip side to that, and this would be sort of my final question for anyone who's listening, who is maybe a coach or an up and coming coach, what would also be some of your tips or your strategies for someone who is just starting out in a coaching world that you would say um, to help them just step into that, step into that, like that leadership role um, with a bit more ease? Um, I would suggest to find a mentor, Mm -hmm. um, someone to help essentially coach you through your coaching journey. Right. Um, so we all start somewhere. Um, and I think that it's really important to recognize in the very beginning that you may not know everything and that's completely okay. Um, if you develop relationships with other coaches, if you, you know, have your mentor or, you know, resources where you can, continue to grow and continue to educate yourself as you're continuing to educate your clients, that's going to be invaluable. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. I think it's having a mentor and having a community even like I know at FitTix Academy, we have a community for our graduates when they finish our certifications where we invite them into it and they get lifetime access to it um, just to be able to give them space where they can reach out to other people, ask questions, be able to feel supported, whether it's client questions, business questions, whatever it is, but just to not feel like you're on your own Island, just trying to Google all the answers, right. (laughs) To have real people to really connect with and have that response and, and just feel like you're not on your own Island, just trying to figure it all out. And, you know, once you get your certification, putting those certifications into practice, you are going to learn so much more during that stage than you are going through that certification process. Oh you know, it gives you, you know, the perfect scenario, um, you know, when you take the, you know, practical piece of the exam, right? It's, it gives you that perfect, perfect scenario to work with. And in the real world, that perfect scenario does not exist. You're going to have people with injuries. You're going to have people with limitations that may not have been covered in your you know, curriculum going through that certification. And, um, you know, I also recommend actually outside of just being mentored by coaches and having partnerships with coaches, but also having partnerships with physical therapists in your area or um, someone that, you know, from like the medical side of things to really help you navigate through the, um, you know, modifications and recommendations for your clients that may have, you know, very serious injuries that you need to work around. Um, There's actually two physical therapists that I'm very close with. One here is here local in my town. And then the other one, she has an online business as well. And I, ask questions with, uh, ask them questions consistently about different things that come up with my clients or what they would recommend for, you know, specific mobility things. Or, you know, if I get 
a client that has an old ACL injury and, you know, wants to transition into powerlifting. You know, there's so many different things that I've come across as a coach that it was my first time crossing that bridge and I need to utilize those resources. So um, partnering with physical therapists is going to be huge as well. Yeah, that's a brilliant point for sure. And I agree with you on the practical components, even in our certifications, we've included not just the exam itself, but there's actual practical hours that they have to complete. Because even when I think back to my very first certification that I took, which was my yoga certification, it was the most important part of my learning was the practical components. When I was teaching my friends in my living room and literally just practicing and practicing and getting, getting comfortable, just doing the adjustments, doing the modifications, like just leading someone else through that journey, right? That's where you learn the most. Like you can memorize a book, but you can't like, there's no um, value that you can associate to actually like putting it into practice and actually helping people. So I agree with that 100%. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today for Fitchick Chat. We honestly loved having you here. Um, and thank you for opening our eyes up to powerlifting. I love it. <laughs> I find it so fascinating and so exciting. And I'm so grateful that you are um, breaking down those barriers. Now, for anyone who's listening right now, who's interested in learning more about powerlifting, about what it is that you're doing and um, want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so you can go to ashleyvargascoaching.com and click the join my program link and you can schedule a call and we can chat in person and I can answer any specific questions that people have. Perfect. And for everybody listening, all of Ashley's details will be in the show notes as well. So you can check them out there and you can link right through. Ashley, thank you so much for, um, for joining us today. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. We will see you again next week for Fit Chicks Chat. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.